dearest sister in Christ, Erin. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everything that you're doing in my life and everything you're going to continue to do. I thank you for this opportunity to share my testimony, and I hope it's a light to somebody's darkness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, first I'm going to read out of Psalms um, chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. It says, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its robes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary, and my cry to him reached his ears. My name is Erin Nichols. During the first years of my life, we lived in Seymour, Missouri with my mom, my twin brother, Darren, and my older sister, Tara. My first memory was full of violence and fear, but I also remember the happy times. When I was four, we moved to Mansfield. We didn't have much, but we had each other. These were the happiest times to me. When I was seven, my mom and dad got into a really bad physical fight. My mom ended up leaving that night with my sister and never came back. I was scared and felt sad and abandoned. Since then, I've only seen my mom occasionally. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, Do not be discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. My dad didn't waste any time finding a new woman. Six months after my mom left, my dad got married. That's when things got way out of control. Mary was a raging alcoholic. She would pick fights with my dad, and she would get drunk and beat on me and my twin brother. We were punched, scratched, and even choked at times. She had a son, but he never got beat, just me and my brother. Because of the fear we felt, we never told anyone. It wasn't always bad at home. Dad worked hard, so we always had everything we needed. No matter what we had, though, I always remember feeling sad. Teachers at school started noticing scratches on us and how depressed we were and started asking questions. So my brother told our dad, so my brother and I told our dad about Mary and what she had done to us. Nothing changed and we started getting used to it. It took two years for my dad to finally divorce her. It was just the three of us and during this time I did all the housework, laundry, and dad taught me how to cook. I loved having my dad's attention. I was happy during this time. My dad was lonely and I always tried hard to be there for him when he was sad, but it wasn't the same. My brother and I became close. He was my best friend. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up because when I thought I had friends, it turned out they only wanted my brother's attention. So I started distancing myself from girls and friendships with them. My dad got a new girlfriend, and I thought shortly after she moved in that she was going to be a problem. I didn't like her at first, but the days went by, and life was good, and we were all happy. Mindy had a son, and he became my little buddy. My love grew for both him and his mom. For the first time in my life, it felt like family. When I was 14, I started smoking pot, and right before I turned 15, I had sex for the first time. I drank, smoked pot, and boys were always on my mind. I stole alcohol from my dad, and I partied all the time. I took pills and started smoking cigarettes. I thought the pills would help me get through the school day, but I didn't do well in school because I was always on something. I always went to school high, and I never paid attention. 
My home life was crazy, and I was always scared about going home because I wasn't sure if my dad was going to be happy or mad. When dad and Mindy would fight, I would leave with friends. I was always seeking attention from men because it was so easy for me. It wasn't always as easy getting attention from my dad. When I was 16, I won the Miss Merry Christmas pageant. I felt so good about myself. That night after winning, my friends and I went out to celebrate. I got drunk that night and had my first breakdown. I always felt sad, but that night I realized how depressed I really was. All the, question, all the questions I have had my whole life came out that night. Why did my mom leave? Why isn't my dad interested in my life? From that day on, I was depressed, and I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to die. I don't know what was going on with my dad, but he started making me stay home. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere, and I just wanted to party. I felt trapped. Dad was always mad and yelling about things that weren't always my fault and because I wanted to see my mom. He called me names for wanting to see my mom and for sticking up for her when she cared nothing about me. <clears throat> I started believing the things he would tell me. I missed my mom more and more and started loving my dad less and less. I just knew that when I turned 17, I was going to leave. And so I did, without even telling my brother goodbye. I felt so relieved at that moment. I was happy with my decision because my dad wasn't yelling at me anymore. I had no communication with him, and I was living with my sister. She kicked me out for lying, and I moved in with my boyfriend and his parents. We smoked a lot of pot, and I learned how to cook meth. I was 17, doing meth for the first time. We were cooking and selling meth, and I dropped out of school and was living in Pearson. It didn't work out staying with my boyfriend's parents, so we moved to New York, then to Texas. We went from houses to hotels, living out of state. I started missing my family a lot and feeling guilty for leaving my brother like I did. He was my rock and I was his when life at home got rough. I soon ended up on a bus to Springfield, Missouri where my grandma picked me up and took me back home to my dad. I agreed with him that I would work on getting my education and for a moment life seemed better. But I was still looking for an escape. I started using morphine along with all the other drugs. That's when I became pregnant. I was so scared, my dad told me that I couldn't live with them with a baby and that I didn't need a baby anyway, running the streets and getting high. They told me that I needed to have an abortion. I didn't want to, but I knew that I couldn't stay there if I didn't, and I didn't have any place else to go. I remember pulling up to the gates of the abortion clinic, and there were men protesting and yelling at me from the sidewalk. I was so scared in that place, but went ahead with it. A few months had passed, life had gotten back to normal. I was ready to take my GED. I passed every section but the history part, and since I failed, I didn't want to try it again. Running away when I was afraid was a cycle and a problem for me. Soon after that, I moved in with a guy I barely knew. The relationship was built on drugs and alcohol. He was very controlling and, ver and verbally abusive. He ended up breaking he ended up breaking up with me, and I felt so unwanted and tried killing myself by taking 38 clonagrams. I was in the hospital for two days and in the psych ward for three days. This was to no effect to me because it wasn't long after I came home from the hospital that I joined the carnival because I wanted to travel. It was only a couple of months, and I had my first run-in with the law. I was using drugs daily. I wanted to get clean, but instead I got worse. Romans 7, 18, and 19 says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. 
I continued in the cycle of going home for a while and then leaving as soon as I found a new boyfriend. I moved in with Jeff. He was 19 years older than me, and we used anything we could get our hands on. A month after we moved in together, I got pregnant. I quit using, and life was good again, and Jeff and I were in love. After I had our first son in October 2012, things went downhill. It didn't take long for me to start using pills, meth, and alcohol. Jeff and I fought a lot, and he was sometimes physically abusive. I would leave for a while and then go back. I figured I wasn't going to find a better life. I got pregnant again, and life wasn't getting any better, so I decided to take my son and start over, but I couldn't run away from myself. Many guys were in and out, but I didn't want anything serious, so they didn't stay long. I had my second son in August of 2014. It was just like before. It didn't take long for me to start using again. The only difference was that I was selling drugs, going out with men, and paying my friend and dope to babysit. I was never home, and my kids weren't getting taken care of properly. It was no surprise that in January 2015, my door got kicked in. In May of 2015, my kids got taken away from me. Jamie was almost two, and Aiden was eight months old. My world was falling apart. I overdosed trying to kill myself again and went to the psych ward again. I started visits with my kids, but all I wanted to do was get high. I failed at being a mom. I went to jail for the first time and then rehab, but got high the very night I got out. I was completely numb. I was still seeing my kids some at this point, but eventually I quit going to see them. I was using and selling drugs every day and had warrants out for my arrest. The cycle continued with men and drugs and eventually robbing people's houses. I was always avoiding the police. I would get in trouble, go back to my dad's, and do the same things all over again. Every relationship I had was built on drugs. I overdosed several times on heroin and had to be brought back to life with Narcan. In July of 2017, I was raided by the cops and charged with drug trafficking, possession, and child endangerment. While in county jail, I got charged with first-degree arson. By the age of 24, I had four felony charges on my record, and I was in and out of jail. Instead of getting a job, I just kept doing what I knew how to do, and that was selling drugs, staying involved in criminal activities, and manipulating people. On June 1st, 2018, my house got raided again, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was sitting in jail again when the jailer came in with applications for a program called Hope Landing. I filled it out, and the next day I was interviewed. I was reluctant to go and change my mind once, but of course, that's where I ended up. Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. The changes that the Lord had started in me were uncomfortable, but after learning about Jesus and who he is and what he did for me, that all changed. I had never heard the good news before last year. On June 15th, 2018, I asked Jesus into my heart. I now have Jesus in my life, and it is so good. And he has spoken the scripture over me. Isaiah 34, 4 says, Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid, there is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. On August 12, 2018, I was baptized to show the world that I am redeemed and that I belong in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The ministry at Hope Landing is helping me to learn how to forgive the people that have hurt me and to take responsibility for the choices I have made and the people I have hurt. This fall, I finished something for the first time in my life. I trained and ran in the Run for God 5K and won first place in my age group. 
I'm seeing my life in a whole new light now. How wonderful it is because I know who I am in Christ. I'm not finished yet. I forgot a paragraph, so I'm reading it like out of uh, character here. But anyways, three weeks after entering the program at Hope Landing, I had an appointment to report to my PO. And after I arrived to the appointment, the cops showed up, handcuffed me, and took me back to jail. While I was while in jail this time, it was different than all the other times I had been to jail. I had a sense of peace, a yearning to minister to others, and a faith of knowing that wherever I went next, I wouldn't be alone because God is always with me. I stayed in the word and helped comfort others. On a random day when there was no court, after being there for 12 days on a no-bond warrant, I was released back to Hope Landing. Every day since then, I wake up with a thankful heart. I am a proud employee for the first time in my life. I have a job. I have now been clean for eight months, which is the longest I've been clean since I was 17. I have learned to trust the Lord and people, building many strong relationships. I have an amazing support team, and I know that I am never alone. Since these changes have occurred in my life, my family has also changed. They have been clean, and the Lord is working in their lives also. I've had the opportunity to minister and share the love of Jesus many times. I don't worry about trying to please others because my focus is on God now. The Lord is showing me that I don't need a man in my life to make me feel happy and whole. And I'm ex- I'm going to read Romans 8, 39, and 40. I mean 8, 39, and 40. <laughs> Shut up, Archie. Okay. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is all. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen.